Shelf Pleasure contains strong language and descriptions of sexual acts and violence. It is intended for mature audiences, and listener discretion is advised. Additional themes may be discussed that listeners find triggering, and we encourage all listeners to check the episode descriptions for content warnings to decide if this podcast is right for you. Welcome back, Harlots. You are listening to Shelf Pleasure, a smutty podcast hosted by slutty women. And those women? It's us. Hi. We're the problem. It's us. <laughs> all I, I just watching in my head. All I could think in my head was as soon as you said Harlots, I was like, good intro. But also, for those who don't know, that's just an old timey slut. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, seriously, though, I'm Kelsey. And I'm Krista. And we are going to be bringing you all the dirty details on a book that we just read, and hopefully that you just read, too. And shameless self-plug, we release our seasonal reading lists a month before we get started. So we'll release, like, March, April, May, and February. So if you are not reading along with us and you would like to, all of our information is available on our Instagram. It's pinned to our grid. It's at Shelf Pleasure Pod. So this week, we are going to be discussing Praise by Sarah Kate for all you good girls out there. So if you haven't read this yet and you want to without being spoiled, turn back now. Yeah, this would be a really good time to hit pause. Come back anytime when yes. you're ready. We'll we be will here be for here. And ready, willing, and able. Our bodies are ready. <laughs> uh, for everyone else, carry on. Just remember that our reviews will not make or break any novel or writer yet. Um, <laughs> but if you love something and we don't, don't let us change your mind. And if you hate something, please continue doing so. We see you. We respect you. We love you. Carry on. Yeah. All opinions are valid. Yes. We think ours are, we're firm but fair. Yes. <laughs> so before we get into this one, do you have any editor's notes from last episode? We talked uh, A Lesson in Thorns by Sierra Simone. I do not. I don't have any that I can remember. Yeah. I feel like I always try to like make them right away so I don't forget them. But then for some reason, whenever you ask and I don't have them, part of me feels like I should or like that I do and I'm, I'm forgetting it. Do you have this happen to you? I try to do a listen back and then catch anything that I either fuck up real bad and need to like self-correct or um, any questions that we have. And I just didn't, there were none that, that popped out at me this yeah, time. Like but usually, I also didn't do my usual listen back because I was really busy actually working today. So. Yeah, to be fair, you were like traveling a lot for work and stuff. Yes. Um. I Yeah, usually when we do like the editing and we play it back. I'll catch something or I'll like remember as we're going or something will come up that I'll forget. And I try to, I make a note. I usually make a note of it before my notes of the next book. That's a really good practice. Yeah. I'm not a total hot mess. <laughs> Just 80% of the time. <laughs> so I guess with that, let's begin. A praise is book one in Sarah Kate's Salacious Players Club series, and that was originally published in 2022. So this is pretty new, and the series is still ongoing. Book five, Highest Bitter, actually comes out this month, March. Whoa. Yeah. That's, like, really hitting me of, like, that's so fast well, for to already be, like, five books in, oh, in a year. And she's not done. Book six is slated for October. 
So romance, romance authors really fucking crank them out. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's d- pumped out. I so feel, like if I think about it, I just feel really unproductive and like a total fucking schlub. Yeah. So. T- Tremendous news if you were a fan of this one. Um, and also, same. I'm like, oh, f- what have I done? Yeah. Nothing. I um, mean, we do have day jobs, but... But that's not exciting. But I feel like they're not really tangible to the real world. That's, that's, what we that's true. Unless you're our clients. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh. And then, yes, it is tangible for you. Like, when we explain to our parents what we do, they're like, oh, that sounds nice. That sounds great. Oh, my God, that's so wonderful. I feel like if you don't, if your parents don't understand what you do, it almost makes you seem more impressive in their mind. <laughs> that's true. When like, you, you know what I mean? When you get down like, to oh, it. yeah, they're, oh, computer stuff, tech stuff. Ooh, so <laughs> impressive. I don't think it's impressive for me personally. Yeah. Um, and fun fact, we have the same job, if you yes. didn't know this. Oh, so yeah, I, I don't think we've said that. Um, <clears throat> We're not going to tell you what it is, but we do have the same yeah. job. I, We're going to keep some things private. We tell you enough about ourselves. Yeah, we reveal more need, than necessary. You don't need our government name and social and yes. all that stuff. <laughs> so what were we talking Oh, yeah. So, so, so back to praise. Back to praise. <laughs> These books are all forbidden or taboo romances, and praise is specifically an age gap. Think Leonardo and all of his girlfriends. And then it's Dom Daddy, Little Girl, BDSM. Ironically, I think that the, the character in this is younger than Leonardo DiCaprio. I think so. But the, ga- the age gap is what I yeah, mean. Yeah, the age gap yeah, it's is a- actually less than Leonardo DiCaprio and his girlfriend. <laughs> so if that bothers you, then this might not be your game. Yeah, if you don't like an age gap, but you don't like a, a Dom Daddy, Little Girl situation, this might not be for you. If you yeah. do like it. Then this is this might be for you. Congratulations. Yes. So so starting off, Emerson, our main character, and a group of his friends get an idea to start this Salacious Players Club. It's an exclusive escort service and a kink club catering to every taste, every orientation. And seven years later, the club is well underway and getting ready to open, and we meet Charlotte or Charlie, uh, who breaks up with Emerson's son Bo after dating for like a year or so. Of note. She has never met Emerson. No. Because Bo He's has a total a, stranger. Yes. He has a strained relationship with his with Yeah, he hasn't spoken to his dad in the yeah. whole time they were dating. They have a very strange relationship, which she knows they have in a strange relationship, but she doesn't really know why. Yes. And Bo is a huge twat and he just takes this rocky relationship yeah, he is with your, his father out on Charlie. Oh yeah, he is your typical jerk loser ex yes. like every think every ex that you've ever met in any romance novel like that's Bo. all of much. the worst qualities distilled into a single bad boyfriend yes. although i will say ironically compared to some of the other ex-boyfriends he might actually be on the lower totem pole of typical jerk but still more loser, du- loser more, jerk more douche than villain yes yes so after this breakup yeah, more douche than sh- than you want to straight up murder him exactly and post-breakup, their security deposit for the apartment that they rented together gets sent back to Emerson because he was the co-signer. Yeah, uh, be- and neither of them were there for the final walk. Yeah, because of some technicality and also because we need a reason to get Charlie introduced to Emerson. Yeah. Uh, and introduced she is when she pops by his mega mansion to grab this teeny tiny little check for $1,000. He mistakes her for his new sub because you just can't find good submissives these days as a millionaire owner of an elite king no, club, well, you I guess. Can. Especially when you have such average vanilla um, kinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to Secret find. Secret lame. <laughs> yes. 
hundred percent. So secretly, I'm more into it. It's one where it's like, oh, like I know that the book is really like kink, kink, and like praise kink, but he's like very. I feel like if you've read, I feel like for people that have read more on like the heavier side of spice and kink, you're gonna, you might be like, oh. This is a little tame for my taste. This is vanilla pudding. Because, like, I think what he wants, like, as we'll get into it, it's not even anything that's, like, it's just someone to, like, praise and do what he wants and kneel by that. Like, it's... He he wants a service sub. He basically just doesn't want a brat. Yes. Very specific. No. Good good point. No brats. No brats allowed. Yes, because, like, when you find out before, like, from him that there's someone there... That he had to basically send away because she was a brat and he was like, nope, I, this is not what I wanted. You can go now. Brats need not apply. Yes. So after what is actually a, a pretty funny case of mistaken identity and, and a little miscommunication, they get sorted out that she is not, in fact, there to sub for him. She's just here to pick up her her safety or her, her security deposit. Yes. Yeah, surprise, I'm just your um, son's ex. Yes. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not here uh, to kneel, even, even though I love the fact that like she gets there and he tells her to kneel and she's confused but does it yes <laughs> despite the fact that she's confused she's like okay if it you say something like, with enough authority i'll do it yeah, it like, takes her a good bit and there's like one point where he holds her by the chin and calls her lovely and she's very into that but eventually i think she snaps out of it and he realizes like oh i've made a terrible mistake this is just a random girl and he's adamant that that mistake not get relayed back to Bo. Yes. which i feel like she makes it very clear she's like i don't talk to him he's a fucking loser and he was horrible to me but red flag emerson never listens so, no especially not about Bo. no but so she takes this as an opportunity to blackmail him for 250 dollars, which he responds to by writing her a second check for five thousand, and puts his phone number on it and, a, and an SPC note. Yes. So Sophie goes home to her new studio apartment, which is actually the pool house behind her mom's, and contemplates her encounter with Emerson and those little initials he included with the, with the check. So she does what anyone would do, and she Googles the shit out of him. And she discovers, surprise, SPC is a kinky members-only sex club. What we already know here um, as the omniscient reader. Yes, and supposedly she also starts researching kink. Like, it takes her down kind of this kink rabbit hole. Oh, uh, yes. And we will find out more about her research skills. So Charlie's research as the story goes on. But I also do find it ironic that he is very, like, Emerson is very adamant that, like, oh, I don't want you to touch anything about, like, my kink club or anything like that. But he put the name of the club like that's in his note there's a lot of back and forth it's so ironic that you're like i you know i just want you to be a regular secretary not a secretary well yes so this is exactly the following day he shows up at the roller rink where charlie is working to just casually offer her a job as a regular secretary like you said and charlie accepts because she needs a job that pays more than what i just assume is minimum wage in california and since she's going to be the fancy secretary for a fancy man, she goes shopping. Of course. Spends all this money on new clothes, even though she's poor, even though she's living with her mom and everyone seems to be doing fine financially. I don't know. Yeah, her she's financial got- situation is very confusing to me. I did assume, like, because he gave her the $1,000 and then the five that, like, so she has 6 k to kind of, like, 
play around with. Um, but it does seem, I'm like, if your mom owns a home with a pool and a pool house that you live out of. In California. How, yeah, like, how bad, how, like, bad could she really be doing? I think her mom is like a, an ER nurse or yeah, something like yeah. that. So I, I got the sense, I didn't get the sense that they were really, like, struggling financially. Like, her, her dad is not around. But it didn't seem like the family was really struggling financially. And yeah, no. and then she dra- like she goes and spends all this money, and of course, she got the outfit she buys is like the most stereotypical like secretary fantasy outfit. It is like if you look up a secretary porn, this the outfit she wears is like the outfit every porn star is wearing in a secretary porno. Oh yes, just pretty stilettos included. It's the, it's it's the uniform. Um, so, yeah, so, so she wears, she buys like a see-through white top and black lingerie to wear under it. And he's like, it'll be a secret just for me. And I he was kind of like, maybe I don't need to say it, but come on. Like if you're buying a nearly see-through to- white top to begin with, that black bra and panty set is not a secret dress for you. Like, oh God, it's not at all. It's just part of your outfit. So, so she starts working out of Emerson's house and knows almost nothing about kink, like we said at this point. And or being a secretary. Yeah, really. I don't know what her qualifications are. So Emerson... Her qualifications were Emerson was hoping it would get him in good with Bo. But that's not revealed until like 80% of the yes, way through the book, like, which what, is fucking he, infuriating. It's really... Like you just think, oh, he's hoping it'll be like an in to start talking to Bogan, but you don't find out till like 80% of the way through that he actually was hoping to get them back together. And that's which how is, they would start talking. Which both of you to assume also like, she wild that that's, ask why she broke up with him. Also wild because it's dual POV. That thought could just be uh, in there. It could just be exist. in there anywhere. Yeah. And she's also super clear about how awful Bo was to her. So I, again, yeah, that, red flags. Emerson doesn't listen. No, not we at don't all. Love a man who doesn't listen to you. Yes. The, so but nothing turn, nothing is hotter than a man who just doesn't respect anything you say. No. And he, he takes her to the club, which is still under construction. They've got like six weeks until the opening. And he introduces her to some of his partners. And one of the partners, Garrett, the flirts with Charlie in one of their viewing rooms, which is a throne room, of course. And Emerson is pissed, even though he's the one that takes her to the yes. fucking club and then claims, I don't want you knowing anything about this stuff that happens here. Thank you. And also, I did what? think, I was like, I, I, I was of two minds about, about it. Of like, it makes no sense that like, like one, how could you, you brought her there. So why wouldn't like you expect her to like, for how would you? Could you really think that this world is not going to touch her, and she could stay to if, like, the job she's doing is as your secretary is for this job, but also as your secretary, shouldn't she be educated about the club and the industry that you're working in? Wouldn't that be like a natural part of her job, and for her to be able to be effective at that job, wouldn't she need to have at least a base level? knowledge you'd fucking of think that, of the industry but no make it make sense no there there were all the things were like, and also just then why did you bring her there if 
she's not going to be touching that at all. She just fo- she just forwards emails. It's just no one in this book can make up their mind, and it is exhausting to read about. And it was yes. also gaslighting the shit out of me because I was yes. like, I was like, oh, am I forgetting all of these details? But it's they're not there. No, it's, and, and you I, think they would be, but they're not. And I think it's also it's not just that the some of the details aren't there. It's also that a lot of the details directly contradict each other. Oh yeah, like, it's a lot of you will read something back and forth. In like you will read something that's like a blatant statement of like Charlie doing research on kink where it says like oh she tried to find out who Emerson was yep. and then she starts doing quote unquote research on kink but then she gets to the club and like a basic thing like a paddle or a whip she's like I don't know what half of this stuff is. So it, it's kind of like well how much research did you do because a lot of this stuff is very like a if you just Google, Google kink, you will, like, it'll come up on a basic Google search. Yes. So, it, it like, Charlie's research is, I think, the biggest contradictory thing. But basically, like, and so a lot of it is, like, yeah, it just contradicts each itself. It is, yeah. From, like, one, sometimes from, like, a paragraph to the next, sometimes in it's one sentence to the next. So, and it's very hard to follow along. It is. And, and then Emerson goes back and forth between being, like, protective figure to, like, manipulative because after this he tries to get information about Bo out of Charlie and again she makes it clear they're not together and they never will be and that he's a huge dick to her all the time which begs the question like what like you you want to repair a relationship with someone who is this awful to their partner like you're that desperate to get back with them under like any circumstances, not like, Hey, we should both work on ourselves. Like he's just desperate to like have Bo in his life in any way. And I'm like, is Bo worth it? Bo sounds like he fucking sucks. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm petty, but I I also, but I do feel like an ex-boyfriend and a son are two very different things. Like there are two very different relationships. And just because this is a romance between these two characters, like, that's not going to affect how he, for me, I'm like, it shouldn't affect how he feels about his son and wanting to get a relationship back with his son. Maybe I would just it think sh- that I think it should more be a sign to him that like, hey, something is up with my son and maybe part of the, re- like, he seemed, it sounds like he was really shitty to her. And maybe. But you don't think that bleeds part over of that, into like, his other relationships? But I think, like, to me, I'm like, maybe I would think as a father, like, oh, was he so shitty because of something that I've done or because of our damaged relationship. And that should be the oh, impetus. Oh, that's true. So that's I'm like, a really maybe good point. that should be the impetus for why. Like, I, I, like never thought it, I never thought it was weird that he wanted to repair his relationship with Bo. I don't think as a parent. And I, to be fair, I am not a parent, so I don't know. Not that I he wants to repair yeah. it, but that he's so desperate to get him back under any circumstances. And he ignores all of these things that Charlie says. To not be like, ooh, like... I should get like something's clearly up with Bo and I should be there for him to help him through this. But it's like, I'm just desperate to have him talk to me again. That's more yes, like, that's I, more. I, I yeah. do agree with that. But I, yeah, I was like, I never felt like that. Yeah. That he wouldn't, I didn't, I never found it weird that he wouldn't want to repair that relationship. Um, but it is, but the fact that he it would constantly just push like the Charlie angle of it is weird. Yeah. But I do. I also think that, Emerson should be held accountable for who Bo became because it doesn't sound like from the book, you never get the sense that Emerson was an absentee parent and he was an active part of raising Bo until for the real? past couple of years where they aren't speaking. So of course, 
Bo is an adult and responsible for his actions and his choices and be should be held accountable for them. But I also couldn't stop thinking about the fact that, like, but your parents do have a hand in who you become. Yeah. And, uh, like, I was like, ooh, like, what? Yeah. But <laughs> I digress. They, so, both, they both kind of are suck to me. <laughs> they do. To be fair. So, after work, Charlie takes her sister Sophie to a comic shop to buy a new manga, which anyone who seriously reads manga, like Sophie does, and is described as, like, an anime and an anime fan and a manga reader, has already read this online months ago. But they're desperate to get there because a new manga is dropping and she has to read it. It's, it's never been read before. Can Mag- I? <laughs> magically gets another copy. Can I? Can I have a rant about this when you're done about the explanation? Yes. Because I have three very important points that I have to point out about this, this situation. Yes. So you explain what happens, and then I will rant. So... So they go, it's sold out, Sophie is crestfallen, and like any big sister, Charlie is going to try to make this better for her. And so she basically just, like, flaunts her sexuality and magically gets the cashier person at this comic shop to find another copy in the back because she's sexy as Charlotte, not Charlie. Yeah. I roll. And then she kisses him on the cheek. As a thank you. Yeah. Which which is a big ick for me. Yeah. Because also, like, this is one that was, like, a big contradiction to me. Whereas, like, she's walking in to the store and feeling very uncomfortable because there's, like, teenage boys outside. And they're, like, looking at her. She's wearing her see-through top. And, like, she's feeling very uncomfortable. And even when the employee is looking at her, she talks about how, like, she feels uncomfortable. But then she decides, like, well, I'll use it to my advantage. And then she does. But then after, she says, like, oh, I felt so like ooh, like being able to use my sexuality and she has this moment where she thinks oh he could be cute so she just changes her mind and actually she wanted to hit on him the whole time which was weird but those are actually not my rants about this so Please, i have tell three, us your rants i have three points that really bothered me and most of them come from working in retail uh yes number one you mean rants grounded in reality yes. i live for this It was one that I'm like, I know that I was being nitpicky and ridiculous, but I had to note them was one. The back room isn't actually this magical place where stores keep secret stock of things. Oh, God, no. I said, this is an affront to everyone that's ever worked in retail. I wish it was something where like somebody, it's a comic shop. People have pull lists or like you put it to the side and you just like, he decided to fuck over another customer because she's hot, which does seem reality like a dude would do. Um, my second point, I said, if this were a proper comic shop, they'd have a pull list. So Sophie could have just put the, if she was an avid reader of this comic, she could have just had this on her pull list and they would automatically put a copy aside for her. Um, and three, the kiss on the cheek is a huge note for me. All caps, yuck. So only real two points, but I needed to note that I viscerally reacted in disgust when it said she kissed him on the cheek i was like please those are all valid all valid feelings all valid points so rant end of this rant it was a great rant (laughs) 10 stars would 10 out of 10 stars would recommend so so back at work charlie is learning fractionally more about kink when she basically just learns what the term shibari is um and they are approaching constantly like oh don't worry i've done my research and then any kink term that comes up she's like i have no idea what that is and i'm like what are you researching are you miss maybe every time she searched kink it was getting auto-corrected to link like what happens with my phone every time i try to make a note for kink maybe that's (laughs) why and she just the whole time was like 
looking up link or something else, some other word that rhymes with kink. So, and so didn't, it was too stupid to notice. With <laughs> that was so mean. Um, with the opening gala coming up, though, she's going to help Emerson pick out his outfit and read his palm. Very random. Um, but Emerson, no, Emerson, the, eventually I the but the palm reading scene is so lame and cheesy. I can't handle it. They're I agree destined, with you. So, spoiler alert: They're both destined for great love. So after Emerson offers to take Charlie to the opening, even though he just said he didn't want her at the club while it was under construction, but now he wants her there where there's going to be rope bunnies and public humiliation on display. And through all of this, Emerson kisses her and Charlie freaks out. And Charlie freaks out. And he's like convincing her to stay. And, you know, you know what he used to make her stay. He called her a good girl. Side note. This is also where we learn that on weekends, Charlie is still working at the roller rink, even though she has a new great paying job, with had 6000 in she cash, has a job with Benny's, and lives at home without needing rent to free. pay rent. I, th- the financials of this book confuse me, baffle me. Yes, it makes it like until you pointed it out, I didn't really think about it. But before we record, I know at some point, like when as we were reading, we talked about it, and it's so like. It makes absolutely no sense. No. Like, either... I I feel like one of the big issues with this book is that there's just... The author has a lack of commitment. Like, it's like she wanted to have her cake and eat it, too, with everything. Yes. So, she didn't want Charlie to be poor, but she couldn't be too poor. It's like she couldn't decide what she wanted Charlie to be. She still needed to to go on a sexy shopping spree. She just let whatever she wanted to happen, happen. Yes. So... One day at work, um, Charlie's car won't start, and she's too embarrassed to tell Emerson. So she walks to a deli in her stilettos, because of course she does, and comes comes back with their lunch, and Emerson gives her a sexy foot rub, which is cock-blocked by a phone ringing, just like their first kiss was, like in a previous scene, which is just, you know, a good reminder. Put your phones on silent, people. We don't work during our lunch hour. We're going to set healthy boundaries. This is the energy we're bringing into this year. Back to the story. It's Bo. He's pissed that Charlie works for Emerson. He has a fucking fit about it. And yeah, does he? It, is this when he makes the comment of like, you know, he like fucks his? Yes, because I, he's a toxic man child who makes everything about him. Although to be fair, I don't know why I'm defending Bo so much, but it, there were these moments where he's like, oh, like my dad fucks his secretary. He's like, are you fucking my dad? Which actually is a valid point and fear because basically Emerson is constantly like, no, we can't do anything. But then he is constantly crossing the line into like, he got a boner and let her rub her foot when he's playing footsies. He gets a boner during the foot rub and then (laughs) lets her like, even just rub rubbing her foot is crossing a line. Like, like, well, because he has her take off her thigh highs too. Only fucking Harvey Weinstein was rubbing the feet of his secretary, and we all know who that was. So, like, no normal boss is offering you a foot rub. Fuck that. Give me a break. So, there were moments where I was like, oh, it did feel a bit like they were gaslighting Bo, though. It's like, just because you haven't, he hasn't penetrated your vagina yet doesn't mean you guys don't have a sexual relationship happening right now. Oh, and it's so going to get so much worse. just because he officially fucked you doesn't mean, y- yeah. So I was a little like, like one, yes, it is none of Bo's fucking business. But again, like you are his ex-girlfriend. It is his dad. 
So it did feel a bit like they were gaslighting you. Yeah, for like, I'm sure. Like, yeah, Bo does suck, but you guys aren't really much, like, you don't really have much of a leg to stand on. No. Like, you're kind of all, you kind of all suck, actually, if you think about it. But just because they're the protagonists of the story, we're supposed to forget that and ignore it. So, and maybe if they were more likable, I would. So after all of this, uh, Daddy gives her the black card to buy a new car battery because, of course, hers won't start. And where the $6,000 went, we'll never know. And she's also going to get a dress for the opening night. Um, Opening night rolls around and Charlie is with him. They share a dance. It's like all very soft. Uh, And then she wanders off into a voyeurism hallway and Emerson catches her back there. And the only way I can describe this scene is he coaches her through masturbating in public and says, what does he say? I I don't cross lines, but I... I give myself allowances. This this it's, whole scene like made no sense. She literally, he's like, no one can see you. And but the whole beginning of the scene is her walking down the hall, watching other people in the hallway and also in the room, so doing like, the same they, shit I'm that like, she's uh, doing. Yeah, they definitely can see you. His his uh, excuse is it's just for tonight, and gives her a good night kiss, which just fuck already. We get it. It's just, the back and forth is fucking yeah. exhausting. And I, I also did think like, shouldn't you have had the moment of this is only for tonight? Before you had an explicitly sexual encounter with this girl who was about 20 years your junior. Like, neither of you had discussed your relationship professionally or anything like that, let alone rules or limitations. No. Um, And then she calls him sir and... uh, Oh, you know, that's the end of things for him. Yeah, and then she starts studying to get her Trump University degree in kink. So things can change Monday. Yes. She performs a single Google search on how to be a submissive and just rolls with it. So Monday at 8 a.m., she is ready to go in. And you'd think based on that, this chapter, that Emerson is going to show her the ropes, like literally, maybe, and be a good dom. But you'd be wrong. Because Charlie provides him a list of things that she consents to and doesn't consent to. And it's, it's like incomplete. Yeah, it's two and it's a two hundred item list. And she she checks shit off, but in the following chapters, doesn't know what impact play is. So you can't take this list very seriously, especially for Emerson, yes. who is supposed to be the dom in this situation. But also, it's like Emerson doesn't know what impact play is because at one point he says that he explicitly tells her in writing in a text message that he's not into impact play. She says she doesn't know what it is. And then like a chapter later, he tells her that he wants to spank her. And I was like, sir, that is the base definition of impact play. That's entry level impact play. Yes. Like that's where you start with it. He will, however, teach her subbing without sex. Yes. Even though he just helped her rub one out at the club. Yeah. And, and, and he also, even though she is, he knows that she is new to kink and clearly is uneducated about it and ignorant about so many things, he just goes off of the, like, as long as, she, okay, you just have to complete the list. But I, he doesn't actually take the time to go through it to make sure that she understands. Informed and consent? Agree, yeah, and, is agree, Wild and knows concept. what she's agreeing to. And then at one point, she even admits that, because he basically forces her, like, he's like, you have to really, like, fill out the whole list. Yeah. But she says that she put certain things on there just to tempt him and get a rise out of him. So she's not even filling it out honestly. So neither of them are coming to it from an honest place, which is 
the number one reason when you like you shouldn't enter a BDSM relationship with someone if you can't be honest with each other because the God, one no. of the number one things you need is like trust and communication. And I was really mad at him here because this was a, a perfect chance for him to prove that when she says like as a sub it's my do- job to please you and he didn't add he just let that thought yeah. end and like he because did. his duty as a dom is to help her fulfill her needs yes. and it is not a one-way street 100 and he should have been telling her that yes that, like there emerson so is a bad dom yes emerson <laughs> is the worst dom in history <laughs> and it drove me nuts most of, it's hard for me to keep up with some of the plot because most of my notes are just me ranting about how emerson is a bad dom a and they have been on un- and this is one of the worst depictions of a kink relationship i've ever read in my entire life it's, it's so bad and it oh, it's like unsafe yes and they so it's this is a perfect segue because they go back to the club again to get ready i think for like the first big event that they're doing there and they're testing sex toys to be available to um clients in the room and charlie is busy being a brat again even though he says he's not into brats specifically and she, yeah, for someone who doesn't like brats, she is a brat all the time and he's so into her. Supreme. Yes. So she on basically on a dare puts a remote controlled vibrator into her snatch because she Drake and Hunter, two of the other partners, are, you know, egging her on. And Emerson's pissed and takes the remote and Charlie out to lunch. Yes. And torture and, ensues. And also Charlie is shocked when Drake turns the vibrator on, when that was the whole point was to see if she could use this without coming. And I'm like, why? It was just one where I was like, I I don't know if you're, if the author was trying to make Drake look like kind of a dick, but I was like, it just makes Charlie look fucking stupid. Yes. Like it's, it's not like something you could, this is a sex toy. You know, it only has one purpose. So you putting it inside your vagina is making a fucking choice. Like what did you think was going to happen? Speaking of choices, I, I, within the realm of fiction, this is fine. Um, but I feel like we should say, disclaimer, do not actually put in a remote-controlled vibrator and then go anywhere in public because the general public has not consented to being part of your scene. <laughs> don't don't put in a little panty vibrator and fuck off to Disney World so you can squirt on Splash Mountain or whatever. <laughs> squirt on Splash Mountain it is, is not that, That's not okay. In fiction, of course, we recognize that, like, this isn't real. Like, these fictional people can't, they're this not they're porn. not harmed. this is real life and not porn. yes yeah exactly but you know just if you were if you were inspired by this don't do it you can't get the general public's consent yeah and also to be fair um charlie didn't consent to this scene either because again emerson is a bad dom and he fucking says that when he makes her finish the list of her preferences because she didn't fill out any yep. of the ones related to sex and so she's being fu- uh, she's just yeah, like so he, bratting like, so, so out of control the toy on her but then after the fact he acknowledges that he was wrong for him to have used the toy the way he did and like you but said, i was like i still don't think i can forgive him for saying he doesn't normally make mistakes like this because all he has done is make mistakes like this so i almost was like for someone who owns a sex club like this dude is hella fucking ignorant about kink. He and like is. irresponsible. Well, and she. This is where where you pointed out. She just puts fives in like all of the sex related things to tempt him, and it's just it's a really it's it's not a great representation yeah, like of this, of a kinky relationship. It's not. And I, like to me, I was like, a new kink relationship story is not the place for a miscommunication trope. No, like, no, that's a really good point. Like 
like yeah like not for kink yeah like, especially when, like when someone holds all the power and has all the knowledge and the other person has no knowledge it, mm, yeah it just it's yeah it's it doesn't make for good times so, um, of course, because this is the way everything has been framed up to this point, they have to get cock-blocked. Um, yeah, by Bo yet again. Because it, just as Emerson saying, like, he'd put a five on every list that he would make for her, Bo shows up and ruins everything. And yeah, Emerson's like, like, there's nothing I don't want to do to you, even though he blatantly was like, I'm not into impact player. I'm yeah, not into I'm not this. into these things. Yeah, he... And and yes. Emerson is like, oh, Bo hates me because I own a sex club. Oh, and the only reason I hired Charlie was to get her and Bo back together. Yeah, this, what the fuck? Since when? Yeah, this, this is, is the point in the story when you find out that his plan was to get them back together. And my note is literally, wait, wait, wait. Since when was his plan to get them back together? This, I felt like, like I was gaslit. Yeah, like I was and, like, what? what oh, was I, did I miss this? Like, no. did I have a stroke and stroke out for half the book? <laughs> I also, right before this, had had the note of how am I not... St- halfway through this book <laughs> well and so so Bo shows up he's a fucking puritan he shames charlie for going to the club and he's just awful to everyone yeah, and, and i and don't know why like, anyone wants to be around like, him take her out to dinner and charlie says and she goes she, feels she does to go. and she says to him during this that she still loves him and will be that there for him like a friend but why? Yes. You dated him for like a year. I have dated dudes for oh. longer than that. And I hope they have a close encounter with a sinkhole. <laughs> Want better do- for yourself. Yeah, all she's done to this point is talk about how awful Bo was and how he's this terrible person. But then all of a sudden she does this weird 180. Like they are actually best friends and he was this that's- good guy. And it like, so that's where I'm like, you even get, again, even with Bo, you can't get a consistent story of like who he is as a person. And then she also, agrees for him to come back to her home and into her room like which is just a bedroom which there were so many things where i was like girl choices choices yeah there's one where i'm like you can just have you're not drunk or being coerced like you are actively choosing these things and like to me i was like her because a lot of it is like she has low self-esteem and i'm like that's not enough no like that is not an excuse like Come on, give also, me a break. Yeah, and you could just let him be a bad ex. We didn't yeah. we didn't need this arc for him. Anyway, Emerson, after all of this, tries to call things off. Charlie doesn't let him, and they finally actually hook up without being interrupted by a cell phone or a son or something. He yeah. has Charlotte beg to suck his cock, which I thought I'd be more into, but because it was the two of them and I was just really not into their relationship, I... It, it was, didn't really do it for me. No, and I felt like it was it wasn't anything new or unique. It was actually pretty standard. Like Charlotte does yeah, she mention like, she gives him a blowjob, he puts her on the desk and eats her out, and then they have sex on the desk. She she mentions never having to consider spitting or swallowing before though. So I guess this is her first blowjob. I go girlfriend, I guess. Dude, but um, I I also said her reaction of please let this be the only man I fuck for the rest of my life because no one could ever top that is pretty astounding considering how vanilla that shit was. It, like I was like this is just like base level and I was like that's just an orgasm. You're like I'll never she, I get maybe she's never come before, which to be fair, I don't, I'm not surprised that Bo wouldn't make a woman come. Not at all. She also kept announcing that she was coming and I found the phrasing so weird for some reason. Like, I know that's Dude, not uncommon. Fr- it was just very stilted and it stuck out to me and I was I'm like, I'm coming. Yes. I'm coming. Like a little oh, robot. God, I am coming. <laughs> 
also when she calls him my sir for some reason like that sent me a little where i was like my sir tell me you did a single google search on kink before you wrote a book without telling me yeah Anyway, they cuddle in bed, they smush some more, and now... They follow up that vanilla-ass romp with some scandalous missionary sex. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with good missionary sex. No, not at all. Like, missionary sex can be great. It gives you you leverage for really good positions. Yes. You know. But but don't act like you're fucking reinventing the wheel with the super kinky book. No. it's, It's basically your standard. So far, like, to this point, it is your standard romance novel sexy and fair exactly uh now there's playtime at work though and there is actually one scene that i loved where he makes her read an irs document to him while he fingers her and i try to compartmentalize my feelings based on like i'm like oh i don't like the relationship or i don't like the writing style or whatever mm-hmm. and i think you're the, better at the that the construction than I of this scene was fun to have like someone read a really boring fucking like, yes. legal document or a tax document while you're getting them off and i'm like i you know what creativity i like that yeah. and there's more fucking on the yeah, desk but the, and then it also took me right out of it because he lets her she makes a comment about submission being like inferior like her being inferior to him and he lets that stand and i was like that i was like submission is not inferiority no dom and sub it, it is a two-way street it is an equal partnership it's you it's a know, virtuous it's you circle. knowing it's your dom knowing that you get off on like submitting to them and them like having control over your pleasure and to, but it's still and to like keep about you safe each the whole other's time. pleasure yes so that that <sighs> just fire so i'm like oh i couldn't i felt like every time i was like oh maybe this is something here's a spice scene i could enjoy and then it would be some bullshit like that it would take me right out of it and i'm like dry me right up <sighs> just it, let me have my fun kink i love a praise kink i i too love a praise kink and i this has unfortunately let me down so far. Yeah. And then um, he creepily shows up at her little sister's birthday party uninvited. Yes. With anime tickets that she wanted to buy for her sister, but inexplicably can't afford now because of the car battery, which I thought he paid yes. for with the black card. Well, she said she needed her whole, basically all of a sudden she like needed her whole car repaired. But I was like, didn't you just need a new battery? And I know like, didn't he give you cheap. a black like, card? Yeah. I'm like, it, I, I don't think a, a battery is it's not it's like, like replacing your old fucking car like no no how it's, much is he paying you for real like did she have a secret gambling addiction that we don't know about <laughs> uh she must have that's the only explanation for where all the money goes in this book yeah like just what are you doing with your money emerson does uh take this opportunity though to meet the family everyone really likes him he sees the pool house apartment which uh charlie is a bit embarrassed about and this is finally confirmation of something that has been hinted at pretty much the entire book which is that sophie is trans and her her coming out to her family was the reason that their father left but this begs the question that actually you pointed out first, so I thought was a really good point. Whose story does this serve? Yes. Because it doesn't serve Sophie. And I think no. most of this is done, it, it's, the whole book is not written with intention. And I will say that the, the framing of the confirmation about Sophie via Emerson's perception of what he sees when he looks at an old photograph is, I think, the only thing done with intention in this book. And it's the one thing that I think is done well enough um where it's 
the confirmation is only based on what he sees looking back into like past photos. But Sophie was always Sophie and there's never any dead naming or anything. So I think if, if one single thing had to be done right in this book, I will take this one overall for sure. But the, the entire problem with Sophie is that I had a I had a big beef with the Sophie storyline, which I probably will maybe save more for my final review. Yeah, but I did feel like she's like a little cardboard cutout for Charlie to tote around. Yeah, it feels like the story. Like I like the idea of like trans characters being in a story, but they shouldn't be used as just like a prop to serve your straight cis het character. No, because literally the reveal about Sophie then just leads to a scene for her and Emerson to fuck in the in the pool room. It doesn't need to be a secret. Trans people exist. Yes, like why? They're just, they are people who exist everywhere. They should be included in stories as a statement of fact. Yes, I would have preferred if Sophie, like, if it wasn't this big secret and mystery to be revealed to further Charlie's story. Like, I would have liked it if she was just, because I think at one point, like, she vaguely in the beginning asks if the Salacious Players Club is LGBTQIA plus um, inclusive. And he says, like, oh, yes, we welcome everyone. And because she's like, oh, he probably is wondering if I'm, like, part of the community, but I'm a firm ally kind of thing. She says... Which is another, like, lazy thing to me where I'm like, oh, like, I had, you know, like, I still had to think in my head that I, you know, I'm, but I'm not part of the community. I'm just just an ally. Um, But, yeah, like, it just felt like everything is to serve that, like, character. It's not really about, like, it's everyone talking about Sophie, but not really about her. She's not an active participant in no. her own story. And in the... I think Sophie being trans needed to just be clear from this. Yes. This confirmation I got, was just, I went off the rails where I just wanted, I wish that she, it was one where like she then said like my, or like something about like that. It's just a fact or like Sophie's trans and like, it's like, she's just proud like, and it's, and she's like, it's just part of who she is and her identity. It doesn't, you know, yeah. Then and it doesn't this make is, her any less, but it's not something like that they're hiding or is like, or should be hidden or that you had like, they just, there were just like kind of subtle context clues the entire way up here where we were both like, oh, we think Sophie's trans. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the reason for this, the family troubles that we see in this book. But like if you just state it as fact at the beginning, like, oh, is your club queer friendly? Yes. Oh, great. My sister's trans. This is really important to me. Yeah. Bam. Done. You exactly. don't you don't have like, to have this have like to be, it, doesn't it doesn't have, have to, to be a feel mystery. like a secret. Yeah, like it doesn't have to be this big mystery that's revealed for Charlie and Charlie's story. Exactly. So, that rant aside, from sentimental to saucy, uh, Charlie asks Emerson to fuck his fist until he comes all over her chest, and he obliges her. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Just after seeing, after this... Yes. (laughs) ...moment of revealing that her little sister is strange, and then they're like, all right, cool, good for her, um... Now, let me see you, how you masturbate, girl. (laughs) Yeah, and he orders her to touch herself for him. And truly, not a lot of collective masturbation scenes in, like, a lot of the romances that we've read. So this was unexpected and not in a bad way. Yeah, And that brings us to the first club event, where, um, of course, they have a quickie. Before Charlie gets auctioned off without her consent before being signed up. Oh, this set me the fuck off. Well, there's one comment where... Like they say, one person said, oh, Emerson says, because his coworker is like, we need more girls for this auction. What about Charlie? And he says, she's only 21. 
And the person's response is, they're all practically 21. And I just put, ick, 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 get out of here, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. And then I was like, and then uh, this motherfucker signs her up for the auction without talking to her first. And then just tells her that she's going to be in the auction. And he uses sex to manipulate to her, her into agreeing um, and then he fucks her without a condom simply because she says like, oh, I finally got my test results back. Um, but he doesn't <laughs> just ask her like, oh, awesome. So you're ready for like just any Can little comment. Can I com- He could have, yeah, like made some little comment and made it like a dirty talk thing for her to, but yeah. I was like, shouldn't you ask her if she wants that? What about your results? What it, and I was like, why does she not ask him for those two? Like, wh- for real, he just said he fucks one. all his secretaries. Yeah. What about it's birth a reasonable control? Question. I, and I just put worst dom ever. Yes. Because also they're still, until this point, um, how long, they've been having sex and still no safe word and they're in this kink relationship. Oh, this comes up in the scene because so of, yeah. because obviously Emerson wins the bid, punishment ensues because he doesn't tolerate negative self-talk and he says, we haven't established a safe word because we haven't needed one and fuck you. You yeah. do not know what will trigger someone and when they will need to withdraw consent. You always establish a safe word, verbal, nonverbal, doesn't matter. That's like the that's like the base knowledge it of is, kink. It is like one Ugh. of the number one things you establish, either a safe word or even just a simple like stoplight of like a red, green. Red is yeah, like, like the yeah, most common it, safe word. That line, the safe word comment sent me into an alternate universe of rage. I literally I was like, so. Sir, with no respect, fuck off forever. I just, like, I was like, you uh, are the, like, that is so unsafe and harmful. And, and this is the like, owner of the club. Yes, you work in the fucking sex industry, straight to jail, straight to fucking straight jail. To jail. Burn in hell. Burn in hell. This also killed me too because we do get to experience I some felt bondage. Victimized by the scene. Yes, there's bondage. Nipple clamps, which is one of I fucking love a nipple clamp. I wanted more nipple. Cl- this is a firm case of be careful what you wish for, because I got nipple clamps, but I didn't want it because I, got- I didn't want it, like everything about it. I was like, this is just the worst scenario and this terrible like unhealthy kink relationship and this horrible depiction of kink like why i what have i done that was so wrong i feel the same way but about the wax play because i fucking live for it but you can't enjoy it because even though he said he memorized everything on that list yeah. she's not actually educated enough to consent yes, to this shit and, the, and also like the, she's yeah. surprised by wax play yes and also i felt like the scene was actually traumatizing oh yeah she had a full-on like, breakdown like his whole point of him like you need to be in the auction because he's trying to convince her like her self-esteem is so low and um he wanted her to auction so she could see she's like oh no one is gonna bid on me so he's like basically like berating her about like but like what did you say no one and look they did and say that you like believe this and then she has this brief moment where she's just like sobbing and crying and then she finally like admits that yes of course like i do feel sexy i'll never say anything bad think anything bad about myself again. i am worth 75k and she has a brief thought where she does like she's like yes he's right but then immediately thinks like oh but i don't believe him and it it was so traumatic i'm like King can be like a place you're supposed to be like you can work through things and kind of like explore stuff of course but but it should not be used as this like 
replacement for therapy or, him or like forcing her yeah, to or, do yeah, it especially when it's something like you didn't agree on like for the most part when you are in like a scene in an adam some relationship you are actually there's way more communication i feel like people think like oh it's just sexy and like we just do these things and it comes up but that's not true there's actually way more communication about things where every time like you're entering a scene you guys are talking about it first and communicating on it and talking about your hard limits and establishing a safe word you have so a much way, better relationship going try, in like if you that way you can be in a safe space where you're like i want to try to explore this and see like you know like i've had trauma in it with the past um but i know that i will feel safe to be able to stop if it goes too far or if i've like you sometimes you don't know like what this a scene is going to bring out in you and that's why you have to be able to feel safe to be able to like sometimes you don't know like maybe there's going to be a moment where it goes too far for you and you're like oh i actually am not ready for this so that's why you have a safe word established so From your the beginning. And, and because your partner can't take care of you if you don't feel safe enough to be honest and you, like feel like you can use their safe word and and you're dumb as the steward of your safety yes. in that scene like they have to be so attuned to what's happening to you and like how you're reacting to it it's ugh. This was just very frustrating to read about. Yeah, I felt like there's this scene, no I, like, that's why I couldn't enjoy any of it. Because for me, I was like, reading it was very traumatizing. Because it, it felt like I was reading trauma porn. And, you know, there's just nothing like a mental health crisis to get you hot and bothered. Because they still fuck after this. This, and the whole, this whole thing yeah. is wild. Then, it's it's supposed like, to be emotionally charged, but it's just very uncomfortable to read. Yeah, and then he tells her later, like, she says, like, a, makes a comment about, like, oh, aftercare. Like, I've done my research, but then has no idea what aftercare actually entails. It's just a bunch of fucking and shower blowjobs and, and face-sitting, yeah, which and, normally gives me fucking life, but I could not deal with this shit No, well, also, the, apparently, the I was like, what, he uses a black candle, and I said, and it stains her skin, and I said, what kind of cheap-ass candle did he use at this sex, exclusive sex club that it stained her skin? I said, this is the Firefest of sex clubs. It That is perfect. <laughs> it is a fire fest like, of sex what clubs. What kind of cheap ass material? I have like... <laughs> What fucking wax are you using? Like, I have spilled candle wax on the floor and it hasn't stained my fucking floors. No. Like, what it's the fuck are you the doing? Wish yes. version. And then he even says to her, like, that he wanted to make her work through her trauma because he cares. Um, but not enough to explain that to her beforehand so she could consent. Uh, also, fun fact, it didn't work. Um, newsflash, loser, you're not a therapist. No, not at all. Like, oh, painful yeah and then the whole aftercare just lead you know in typical aftercare fashion it just leads to a blow job for him of course because yeah like she all because subbing is only about pleasing your dom yeah it's not about what it's not about yeah, what the sub yeah, means she's literally like i uh, her saying i know all about aftercare because of my research and then uh, literally a few pages later she's like i wasn't expecting any of this because she thought she would be the one pleasing him <sighs> what that is the antithesis of uh, that is the exact like the antithesis of what aftercare is aftercare is after an intense scene your dom like basically cuddling you and checking in on you and making sure like if you have any like like if there's impact play like tending to them soothing you and, providing like, emotional and physical comfort yeah like yeah it's a it's kind of like your cool down period after an intense workout exactly it's not just you being like, okay, you did all this to me, and now, like, what can I do for you? Oh, my my, my liege, my dom, I bow to you. Ugh. Like, what can I do for you? 
So back at work. Yeah. And, and this is the only time I think now he finally does tell her. Um, I said the fact that af- it's only after all this garbage that he tells her this relationship is a two way street or and that doms take care of their subs uh, and that he doesn't want her to submit to him all like outside of work. And I it, like it all the way to this point. We've went through all that in this plot. And only now is he establishing that. He should have There's only like 100 pages left. That, yeah, that's and like one is... of the fucking first things you should have told her before letting her be your sub, you fucking piece of shit. It just burns my ass. <laughs> yes. So they're back at work, and it's a play day. And Emerson just edges Charlie all day long, including a lunch outing, which again, don't do that in real life, please. Uh, and when they get back, who's there? Fucking Bo. And shit hits the fan when Bo accidentally grabs the remote with his keys in the entryway as he's leaving, and it goes off. So now, cat's out of the bag. Everyone is pissed. Charlie's pissed that Emerson couldn't admit that she meant something to him. Emerson is pissed that Bo is such a judgy prick, I hope. And Bo is pissed at everyone. And with that, Charlie is out. Also, a fun fact. So right before this, um, I got to a point for the first time ever in the podcast where I was like, Kelsey, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and I DNF this book at 75%. It so, is my first DNF of the podcast. I was just so incredibly frustrated. So I, I it was like right before this happens where it was basically like, oh, so this I, is I, news I suffered to you. through the aftercare. And then um, finally, like it was like after he's been raw dogging her for days, he finally tells her he has, he's had a vasectomy and... Charlie's telling him how he's a good dad. Um, and then she makes some comment to him about how, like, Bo will get, like, he should tell. I did agree that she's like, oh, you should tell Bo, like, what's going on. Like, he's going to find out. Like, he's an adult. Like, you should tell him about our relationship. It's going to be better if you just come clean, um, which I did agree with her. But then when he's, like, struggling with it, she's like, your son will get over this, but I never will. And I was like, girl, I'm out. Like, you selfish hag like get the fuck out of here um and that was when i was like i just fucking can't do it anymore i was just so frustrated by this book i do not blame you um so i messaged kelsey and i was like i'm really struggling like i don't know if i can finish this and i like i don't like to dnf for the podcast but i just couldn't fucking do it i was like if i um, i'm don't plan to make it a regular thing but i felt like this was a fair one to do for the first time ever protect your peace and I, but I and i will say like outside of the podcast i firmly believe in dnfing like i think it's therapeutic like if you are not in my in the, in the rest of my life if something is not serving me and i'm not enjoying it i don't continue with that thing so i choose to not do the same with books so i am a i'm an, i'm not a push through like i am normally a dnfer but for the podcast i usually try to like force myself to finish but this time i i couldn't do it i couldn't i was i was done that, so that's the rest of the summary is going to be in kelsey's hands and i will live react well great news it's going to take me rage. it's going to take me like two and a half minutes because there's really not that much plot left Bo eventually comes around and he and emerson are able to start working things out after this whole like shit hits the fan situation and then Bo drops in on charlie and it's a real fucking shit bag to her because he lords the fact that emerson just said that he loves her over her why does anyone put up with this scrub i would love to know 
and of course because after that is a piece of shit that's why i'm like you're basically dating everyone the man. Is- you're dating the man who created this piece of shit so it, everyone here is, he is, is half awful the re- he is at least half the reason and that, of, so and of course after this info dump courtesy of Bo, charlie and emerson end up at the club on the same night and she starts a scene with madam kink who it's like her first blog that she read about kink um is of course a member of this uh in a viewing room to make Emerson jealous. And it works. He shows up, he kicks Madame Kink out, and proceeds to apologize to Charlie in the form of eating her pussy while she sits on a throne. Which is like a good start in theory, but not nearly enough, my dude. Not just, for all the shit that's happened in this and book. And also you gotta love that like, oh, there's a queer moment in the book used purely to it's make not, a straight man jealous. It's, they don't really get very far. It's like she, yeah. it, it's not like a... um it's cheap. It's, it's cheap to be like, oh, look, it's I'm a gonna, little performative. Oh, look, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. 100% performative. And I mean, Charlie also at least says that this isn't enough and then fucks right off after he's done. <clears throat> and of course, the thing that we've been dreading since the beginning of the book finally happens. The transphobic piece of shit dad shows up to shame Charlie Why? for being at a sex club because the story is only built around Charlie as the center. I, well, I am also convinced that like, the dad, like, I feel like putting the dad in, and it's also kind of how I feel about how Bo isn't, like, Bo's role in the story is, like, just to have these other men in it be so awful and shitty to make almost a prop Emerson up because he can't stand alone to just be a good guy. No. Like, you have to, like, everyone else in her life has to be a terrible adult figure like there can't she can't have any positive male interactions with anyone outside of emerson of course not so this dude is furious because there's no reason for this to happen because his colleague told him that he saw her at the club so he's fine with his colleague being there but is really offended when his his adult daughter is there which is bullshit and then during this whole debacle emerson and Bo show up because sophie was afraid when her dad just turns up out of the blue after like a year or whatever she texts them they turn up. Why did there's she some text Bo. Uh, she texts Emerson. Oh, um, there's some light physical altercation. The whole plot line is really the fucking worst because the abandonment is centered on Sophie being trans, but somehow Charlie is the primary victim, and the ick, which is the entire like it's Sophie's whole plot line in this book. Poor mm-hmm. Sophie. Mm-hmm. Justice for Sophie. The ick I get from using Sophie's trauma to push Charlie's plot line is palpable. It's oh, yeah. thick. She's not a fucking plot device. She's no. a person. Anyway, we are almost there. We are so close. We've it's, got it. It's You've almost over for you. I believe in you. Bo. I didn't believe in myself, but I believe in you. <laughs> Bo finally makes his peace with Emerson and Charlie getting together. Charlie does go back over to the house, but as herself this time, not as a sexy secretary. She wears her Doc Martens. She's a cool, edgy girl. Um, <laughs> an Oreo cookie of Doc Martens. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they. at the very beginning and then the very end. And then they fuck on the stairs. It's a whole thing. If you're worried about comfort, don't. She's taken it from behind. So the stairs actually aren't so bad. They create interesting levels. Um, that's all I have to say about that. I wasn't scene. worried about it, but thank you. <laughs> and then all that's left after this is some kinky wrap up 
Spice with uh, some Dom sub oral exchanges giving during a Zoom meeting. Again, anyone that works from home, please don't do this. And then there's a family dinner at a Mexican restaurant, which I knew would offend you personally because you <gasps> love Mexican food. How fucking dare they? <laughs> I and put- also, if any of my fucking team members are getting blowies on my team calls, I I don't accept this. No, Inappropriate. I have not consented to this. No. Uh, but the family dinner, plot twist, includes Bo because oh. he's part of the family now. And that's it. That I mean, it is so, praise. Like, why? I feel like I don't think she knew what she wanted to do with Bo. Like, <laughs> either, like, don't make him so awful or, like, pick a lane. Yeah. So, so that's it. That's, and I, I feel like DNFing is a pretty, pretty big I review think, in its own. But what yes. was your final review of this book? So, my star rating I put a star, but I feel like it was more half a star. And my spice rating was, who cares? <laughs> that's, that's my new favorite that's rating. literally what I wrote. Spice rating, who cares? Um, I think this book felt like someone watched a porn directed by a man for men and then decided to write a book about it. Like, this is porn. This feels like secretary porn fan fiction. Is Sarah Kate a pen name for a man? I would love to know. You know, stop. Don't get me started. I I will go off on these unhinged theories again, (laughs) like I almost, like I did reading Jenna Vipers. Um, But I actively hated this book. It got to a point where I was ranting more than I was actually reading. Um, So, like, my notes, like, it was taking me so long to get through it because I was just making these ranting notes. Um, And I was like, which was kind of astounding for a book that has a plot like only in the loosest sense of the word and characters that are barely anything more than names on a page like everything about the story felt careless and thoughtless to me it's riddled with contradictions sometimes within a single sentence and particularly with charlie um it's impossible to get any sense of who she is other than insecure and a sub because everything she thinks or says is directly contradicted typically a few paragraphs later um the book is like it's all tell and no show oh god but no. it really doesn't work if you can't decide what it is you're actually trying to tell the reader i don't think the i, I do not think that this was written with like a, a full concept in mind. No, I yeah. totally agree. Was, like, I, I honestly think this is a series of spice scenes loosely strung together with plot. Yes. Like, I think that Sarah, I, Sarah Kate that writes a good, a good spice scene. As long as you don't give a shit about anything else that happens between it, yeah, this just probably write, wouldn't bother just you. Just write spice scene short stories. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, and I, I felt like it all seemed potentially harmful and much like Fifty Shades of Grey misinterprets and misrepresents the kink community. Uh, it's like the Big author, time. like it's like Sarah Kate just wanted to, um, like wanted to seem risque or taboo by including the subject matter in her novel, but didn't actually take the time to do proper research into it. Ugh. And uh, which doesn't really work. Like if no. you wanted, if you wanted your book based in like a, the kink community, you should have a base level understanding of what that community is. Even like, when you write fiction, you have to do research. Yes, Holy like, shit. It's not that hard. A hundred percent. And like the two basic things you need in a BDSM relationship. And I am not in a BDSM relationship, but I have more knowledge than this because like, again, I actually do my research and, and retain it. Um, like, but you need like 
consent and communication and these are two things that they never have as like no as far as i got into the book like and it doesn't seem like even from the final bit that they ever um like establish those things and emerson i think is the worst dom in literary history um like her just filling out a long checklist is not proper communication they don't have a conversation about any of it yes especially when your sub is not only new to BDSM, but BDSM, but also clearly doesn't know or understand what she's agreeing to. Um, and then even like, yeah, I'm not even going to get started on her, like not even being honest when she fills it out. Um, and like, I was like, neither of them felt mature enough to be in this type of relationship. Um, there's some just very basic and important things that neither that never get brought up or they get brought up way too late, like the safe word or his like vas- the fact that he's had a vasectomy, the fact Ugh. that she gets test results, but he never says anything about his status was fucking ridiculous. Like it, I was like and her constantly talking. I wanted to rip my hair out every time Charlie brought up her research um, because I, I felt it felt like a you keep using that word. I, I don't think you know what it means. What uh, was her research? Skimming Fifty Shades of Grey and then at, or ask Jeevesing for pictures of kink. Like she, I was like she kept saying she'd done her research and then literally do nothing. My personal theory is that she couldn't retain the information because she has a secret tumor. <laughs> Like that is the only way. <laughs> that's that where she, all the money went. Like she, yes, she, she actually had this secret tumor that she was getting treatment on. That's why she had no money, and she couldn't ever remember the research that she has done. <laughs> I love this theory. Yeah, like come on. Like if she had done basic research, there's no way she would have let Emerson get away with half of that shit. My PSA to the world is: if you are new to kink or interested in exploring kink and learning more, please, 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 please. For the love of all that is good in this world, please do not use this book as your guide. Oh, God, no. There are, <laughs> these are two, like, of the most unhealthy relationships, let alone, like, just in general relationship, let alone a BDSM one. Everything uh, that was good in A Lesson in Thorns is bad in this book. So, like... Yes! Like, it, you know what? And the, the probably the comparison here has made me much more critical of this book than I may have been otherwise because there's some, like... I think healthy, that's a fair Healthy foray into kink in the last book that we read. And this one is just, like, how to do it wrong. Yeah. And, and then I think my last, like, big piece was just, like, the Sophie storyline oh god because i was like i'm like i tried to reserve judgment until the end because i was like oh i'm not sure but i was like it just felt like it was a prop used like sophie was just a prop to make the straight cis het white main character look good and not like a thoughtful subplot focusing on a trans char- trans character who is three dimensional. Yes, like there's no focus on Sophie at all. It's all about Charlie. Um, the most the we know credit- about her is that she like spirited yes. away. I was gonna say the only thing I can give is that at least Sophie gets an interest where she has she really likes anime. Where even Charlie doesn't get that. That's true. So Charlie she, has no so hobbies. She, I do give them credit that she got one interest where Charlie had none. Um, and then the reveal just felt weak and like a plot device leading to another sexual encounter between the two straight cis 
characters, yes. yeah. um, which felt really ick to me. And it, w- I felt like it would have worked so much better for me if Sophie's transness wasn't treated like this big mystery to be revealed and further Charlie's story. Um, and just make her oh look really sympathetic and good. Yes. It, like, just let her be proudly trans and support her in that. In the few scenes that Sophie is in, she's barely even, she barely even has any dialogue. Um, yeah. She's- even though they're, like, at one point they're at her fucking birthday party. Like, to me, I'm sorry, as an author, you don't, I'm not just going to give you brownie points because you included a trans character like or if, a diverse character of any type yes like you if you do get, it like, wrong it just, just for them existing like i'm not going to give you brownie points if, for it no if i think that you're doing it like in a shitty job this felt kind of like a oh it's pride month so look at all our rainbow merch oh yeah they just pink wash the shit out of this yeah like come on give yep. me a break but what was i've ranted enough <laughs> so what was your rating um well i so I think it's probably pretty clear here that I thought there were some problems with the writing and the setup, and it's definitely not my favorite. I I try really hard to compartmentalize and not penalize something I see as like an error carried forward. So I'm like, all right, writing style, I don't like. Moving on. What do I like? So I made a pro-con list. You're much kinder than me. Uh, I just go full in. My pros were, uh, I like the dedication, which was to all the good girls. I like that the chapters have chapter titles because we don't get to see that all the time. Um, I hated the chapter titles. And I, I, I don't think they were all that good, but I like having chapter titles that okay. are not just, some of them are funny, some of them are just really cheesy. Um, the, we do have a discussion about the G-spot in here, and I just never feel like that gets enough love in fiction. And I love a silver fox. Give us MCs that are older, men, women, Everyone deserves love. Everyone deserves getting railed. And then that's it for uh, that's it for my pros. My cons, full of unsafe kink. Fuck you for saying we haven't needed a safe word. I, I've already ranted about this, so I won't get into it again. Rage, rage, fucking rage. The, the arguments in this are all because they don't set clear boundaries or talk to each other, which is so frustrating to read. And then, and then just the contradictions, they're not in like a thought provoking, like juxtapositions are sexy kind of way. It's a horrible, frustrating way where Emerson says, I don't like brats. And then Charlie is a brat the entire time. And I actually yeah. pulled a paragraph where- Or where that he's 40 and acts, they both act like teenagers. Oh, Jesus, right? So I pulled a paragraph from when Emerson is putting the remote vibrator in her to go out for the, the second time. Because it's a perfect example of this, where it's Charlie's POV, and she says, I can hardly breathe as I watch him. Pulling my hips to the edge of his desk, he slowly works in the round, spit-covered end, and I have to swallow down my gasp. The intrusion is different when it's someone else inserting it, and the way he's doing it feels almost clinical. It's an erotic, almost dirty sensation, and I sort of love it. So it's clinical and erotic. I personally can't wait for my next pelvic exam. I just, um, I, ironically, I literally had my gyno appointment, my annual gyno appointment yesterday. So was it soon, clinical and soon. erotic? Uh, it was not erotic. <laughs> I'm sorry to the, <laughs> my healthcare provider, who is a lovely woman, but I, the, I never. I just don't. I'm, the clinical and erotic I, are. I'm are never two horned ends. up at the gyno. Like yeah, no. there, there's oh, no God, clinical no. thing where I am really like 
Ooh. Oh, God, no. That's peak men writing women. Um, <laughs> that's so accurate. So, but yeah, the, just the, like her using clinical and erotic. I'm like, that's... Well, there were, uh, the, the details are what make a book for me. And in this case, they were so out of focus. They never filled in the corners. And I felt like there was something wrong with me reading it. But it was just everything so wishy-washy. And, and Sarah Kate writes Good Spice. I will give her that. But I think that everything... So one more to my, my pro list, I guess. But everything in between, I wasn't a huge fan of. And I need to care about why these characters are drawn to each other and then riding each other into the sunset. So without the emotional connections, it just doesn't do it for me. I, and if you're a person who's primarily here for the spice, this, bro- this book probably won't bother you. And you're oh, yeah, probably the- like, what the fuck are you guys so mad about? But for me, if that's all I wanted, I would just watch porn. And speaking of which... This book got picked up for a movie adaptation, so you can really have your cake and eat it too here if you liked this. Yeah. I, I felt I felt like the spice, while graphic, like the spice is graphic, but it's actually for the most part just your standard like spicy book fare. Yeah. That's I, I think like some of the she included elements that I like, girl on top face sitting mm-hmm. wax play nipple clamps and if there were Ugh, other characters that I'm, I I'm that I was reading soon. about I'm still buttered I'm sorry about it. <laughs> if it was other characters I would have been more into it so with that I gave the book 2 out of 5 stars probably 1.75 would have been better um and then I gave it like a two and a half, three on spice I I just don't think this if this series if this book is indicative of the rest of the series if the character building isn't better I don't think it's for me. You know me. I will try anything once. Yes. Twice just to be sure. Three times to break a tie. I, going into it, I was like, oh, it's a praise kink. This is for Kelsey and I. We're going to love it. This is for us. Um, And then I was proven so wrong and I really was not expecting to uh, be proven so wrong. I also a quick note: Why does Charlie have zero friends? Oh, I, I don't. Like, I, I don't know of, anything I'm like looking, about I'm like, this that's, girl. And one of my final notes: I just why does Charlie have zero friends? Her only friend is her 14 year old sister. Who can say? Yes, um, but I also like to me. I'm like I think it also like I've read kinky book like kinky books that I loved. Uh, I've read books that take place in a sex club that I loved. And that were better. Like I've just read things that to me were better. Oh my so god! So I feel way like better. coming into this, like I, I was like, mm. I, so I have something to compare it to. Yeah. Um. So to me, I'm like, if you want a good age gap romance, you should read Sinner by Sierra Simone, which is the second book or the second full length book in the pre series. Or if you want some fun like BDSM sex club relationships, you should read Katie Roberts' entire Wicked Villain series because they basically or, entire um, because they the whole series takes place in a sex club. You can also do her Dark Olympus series, Neon which, Gods, is like, what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. It was like the first one. So I'm like, oh, if you want a bunch of them, and like Wicked Villains are short, and that series is complete. Yeah, um, but all of those basically take place in a sex club, whereas They're like very fun. Neon Gods, and I think maybe one scene in electric idol but as they've gone on so i haven't read the latest one so i can't speak for all of dark olympus um but yeah but wicked villains they they yeah so yeah and like so i have those which i and the beast in particular was my favorite in the wicked villain series and there are scenes in that i still think about i actually fun fact about reading praise early on before i was like i fucking hate this 
I took a break and I went back and I reread because I was like, mm, this is not really doing it for me. Protect so your peace. Protect I your peace. The beast. And I went to my favorite scene that I think about all the time and I reread that. Listen, you got <laughs> to do. I went back to, to reading it. So maybe that also didn't help me. But oh, I still think about that book. Five stars. You got to do what you got to do. Look, I'm, don't let me go on a rant about a whole different series when that's not what we're talking about. Well, do you have anything left to add about praise? I think my final complaint is just stop implying that being a sub means you can't be a feminist. That's reductive and ignorant. It is. That's a wonderful note to end on. Thank you. That's my ending note. Well, with that. DNF 75%. That's it for season one. So thank you so much for joining us on this journey. We are going to take a little two-week break, but we will be back to kick off season two on April 6th with Black Sheep by Alexa Harlow and Bryn Weaver. And this is a reread for me and a first-time read for Krista, and I'm hoping everyone enjoys this as much as I did. This is the one I, on our upcoming list... I have been the most excited to read. I'm so I've, happy. I've been looking forward to it. It's one where every time before we would record and I'd be like, oh, what's next? And I think I would say to you constantly, I'm like, is Black Sheep next? Is Black Sheep no. next? And you're like, no, calm yourself. There are some scenes in this book I will I will take with me to the grave. And I, I hope that rings true for all of you too. So we will see you in a couple of weeks. But until then, read what you love. And fuck the rest. If you enjoyed Shelf Pleasure, please feel free to bookmark us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, or like our page on Facebook at Shelf Pleasure Pod. For questions, concerns, or recommendations on future books, please email us at shelfpleasurepod at gmail.com.